0: You're listening to Are You Happy? Business Podcast on Captivate. I'm
1: your host, Lebron, and I'm here with Pete from B2B Whisperers. And it's exactly what it sounds like. He's whispering to businesses, giving them some some advice on marketing, um, doing some tech advisory, and also um, even doing things like GTM strategy, CRO, um, some competitive intelligence, which we'll talk about later, and even some coaching. So if you're going to be a podcast guest you need some help, or podcast host. Um, Keith is there to help you. And I'm going to kick it over to Keith. Oh, actually, first, I want to name some of the big names. Obviously, Keith has a lot of credibility. Um, he's been working with some big companies like Lowe's, IBM, um, Burger King, and Crayola. And with that, without further ado, I'd like to kick it over to Keith. Um, Keith, can you tell us about your overall business strategy and maybe just the origin of your company, How how it all started?
0: Uh, sure, and uh, thanks for having me, DeBron. We started the company, uh, or the, I should say, the company emerged out of past efforts and, and uh, roles I had at different companies over the years. When, when I got it, when I first started out, I was, believe it or not, I, I had an accounting degree in college, and um, my one of my first roles really was, was not in accounting. I ended up really working in the IT side, because uh, I found it more interesting. Uh, and that eventually led to a role at IBM, where I was doing, uh, let's say, product evangelism. You know, so you're kind of in the middle ground between product management and product marketing, but you're customer facing, you're doing a lot of presentations publicly, and training people and things. And I found that I really liked that aspect of the business plus having the technical knowledge, it made it easy to talk about a lot of the products and understand the customer situation. Uh, Later on, although I did uh, do some other technical work, um, I wanted to always go back to doing product marketing and especially uh, the CI stuff, competitive intelligence, which was really uh, a lot of fun. It still is, Um, but there's a lot to be said for that and a lot that, that people do well and a lot of people don't do well. And so, when we, when I kind of walked away from the technical side, I decided to focus on product marketing, helping people um, more or less of, of project base and, and logic to what they were doing. So not always, you know, come in and write this or come in and do that, but kind of work with them on the entire view of what were they trying to do from A to Z, work on that pathway, so to speak. And that that kind of led to where we were um, at this point. At this year, uh, especially since COVID, and now people are coming back out. People are starting to do presentations again. People are starting to get online and, and do their webinars again. And well, not again, but still doing. And what we're finding is, you know, so many people don't remember how to talk to people. They're not um, interactive enough. They're not alive enough. They're not doing the things that you would do in person, because they've kind of forgotten how to talk to people. So I decided to, to start working with people again. And so this year, one of the things we're doing is working with podcast guests, podcast hosts, as well as executives from startups, we're trying to get out and speak more and work with them. So they're better skewed to know how to talk to people and how to how to talk in some cases and how to talk. Uh, how to teach and how to do their webinars so that people want to stay with them and do it and go with them. And not just turn the audio off and see what happens
1: since since we're on a podcast here today. Maybe we could open up with maybe if, if you can offer, I don't know if it's a secret, but maybe a, some tips and tricks on podcasts um, and just public speaking. maybe. Uh,
0: yeah, some of the basic things I always tell people is don't sit down. <laughs> If you're doing a webinar, especially don't sit down, do the webinar standing up, uh, use your headset, do whatever you're going to do, because your natural energy will come to you while you're pacing or walking or, or doing things. When you're sitting down, your body and everything kind of just settles in and doesn't move your your action, <laughs> your inflection, your your cadence, all that stuff disappears because you're kind of like sitting back in your chair lounging around and, you know, like. You're resting there's in no- a resting state right so i always encourage people to get up and do stuff uh, which is funny because right now i'm sitting down but you know because i know what i'm doing i'm a lot more active to start uh you know and and from a personality perspective don't forget you know americans come in many shapes and sizes right Mm -hmm. new yorkers talk very fast and they're very straight at you you know west coast well la is one thing san Francisco is another right and then if you're in the South, you're gonna talk a different way in the North and middle, East, you know, so you get all these different perspectives. So with podcasting, what I try to encourage the New Yorkers to talk slower, because <laughs> you don't know who's gonna try and listen and you wanna be at a pace that people can follow, especially people where English might not be their primary language, right? So it, it's a bit of that. On the flip side, as a, as a host, right, like like you are, right? So I try and work with people who are trying to get into podcasting, because most of you who have done it and been doing it for a while, you know, you have your plan, you know what you're doing, you know. But for newer people, sometimes they don't always understand what the host role is, right? The host role is to set the stage, tell the guest, here's what we're going to do, here's how we're going to do it, here's some questions or framework of what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, and and at the end of all that, you know, there should be some follow up. There should be some idea for where is the things going to be posted? How do you want to do it if we're going to do it together? If you're going to do it on your own or whatever, um, and all kinds of other things related to it. There's a lot of people who will talk to you about how, how you can monetize your podcast and stuff like that. I don't really get into that because I feel there are people who do that. So I'm more about kind of like our general business, you know, how, how do you become a better host and how do you make people feel more comfortable? Uh, how do you help them get better at what they're doing so that you, in turn, look better as the host? Right. Uh, and some other things as well, too. But, you know, from a, just a two or three idea thing, that's kind of what we want to do.
1: I like that. I always feel like I want to stand up and on Zoom calls, too, but it's not that common. So I, I feel like I want people to look at me like a lunatic.
0: Well, yeah, well, I mean, look, if you're using, you know, earbuds or I've got a whole headset because we've got a building being built out here, it's always noisy. uh, That gives you the freedom to move around, you know, so if you're home, obviously, it's easy to move around. If you're at an office, probably not as simple to just walk around. But, you know, even if you could just find a little uh, conference space for you to just be able to stand there, just do what you got to do uh it it always will help i mean of course you're on a zoom meeting with with people it's a different kind of thing you're not really training people you're not needing to present the same way Uh, and we also talk about that especially with executives because executives sometimes can't turn on and off how they are but they kind of need to be depending on the situation at hand
1: what do you mean What, what would be a situation where they would have to turn off who they are
0: so so like larger entities have very strong personality ceos and they're they i won't say they have a mystique, but they have a certain you know aura around them and and they have a certain way that they are uh and they're generally true to what they appear to be on on the surface right and uh, when you're dealing with startups and small businesses your executives kind of are, are almost like ADHD people, you know, they're here, they're there, they're everywhere, they're up, they're down, they're this or that, like, you know, and also they're very heavy on their ego a lot of times. Mm. Uh, and so try and work with them to say, look, you know, it, we, we understand you, and we know where you wanna be and what you wanna do, but you also have to be realistic with the situation and the timing and match it to what's needed. Uh, so if you want to call like, you know, uh, uh, conversational psychology, I guess in some way, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about that aspect. And we try and work with people. Uh, and unlike some of the, the people out there, we try and basically work with your personality. So we're not trying to make you change. We're just trying to make you understand there are certain situations where you kind of want to adapt for the better of you and your company. You know what you're doing
1: um it makes sense
0: you know but there are people who are like no you gotta do this you gotta do that i'm like no (laughs) because i can't make you change but i can help you adapt a little bit in the situation and recognize the situation when it comes up
1: you're right everybody's different you can't just give them all these other directions and just stick to them it's it's not like that and I, i like what you're saying i think that's very true the smaller ceos Probably have a, a bigger ego, and everything's new to them, and they're all excited, so they're probably something like that, ADHD or. But um, very in- interesting information. Can we can we perhaps talk about um, uh, like transfer over from, speaking about like podcast speaking and public speaking, and talk a little bit um before we go about your business um perhaps can you talk about any challenges or obstacles you face in your business and how you've been able to overcome them.
0: Uh yeah, it's. Look, uh, you know, when you first start out in business, I always tell people you can either be selling or doing, but you can't be doing both at the same time. That's pretty hard. Um, You know, obviously if you're doing a podcast or you're doing some social media stuff, you can kind of be doing both. But at the end of the day, if you're responsible for getting work done, you can't do both. So you need to figure out ways to, to grow your business. You need to get leads. You need to have projects so that you can hire more people so your business can grow so, that you're a bigger entity and you can do things. Uh, and my business uh, over the years, I've had a couple of variations of it, and we've gone up and down um, depending on projects, depending on economy. Uh, and so, uh, oddly enough, I was just, I uh, gave a presentation about a month ago to this group of people where I said, you know, your industry faces a real problem because between AI, the chat GTP, GPT stuff, online uh, capabilities some some industries basically are going to go away relatively fast. And if you're still in that industry and you haven't branched out, how are you going to do anything right And so I was saying to them you know you need to have other divisions And so like one of the things we we're doing like this aspect of the presenting side, uh, we also work with people's decks, of course, but we're not graphic people, so it's more content side, is you know reaching out to a different aspect of that division and saying, we can work with you, not just with your content, but also your presentation style and how you're doing stuff, and you know, bring in another uh, stream of income that are uh, really, sure, they can get the benefit from AI sometimes, but you need someone to really sit there and be honest with you, and the systems aren't always there. So, at the end of the day, you know, we, we basically feel we try and add new uh, legs to the business every year or two so that we always have something that's we're trying and moving along because you don't know what's coming, you don't know what's, what's going to be around that bend that's going to hurt you. And then, for sure, the biggest issue always is when you start you know, getting those customers, finding the customers, keeping those customers, and doing bigger projects or, or advancing. Um, the funny thing is also your company, you know, it's definitely my case, and I'm sure most follows the lead of, of the owner, you know? So if your owner is hands-off, then people are going to have a certain attitude. If your owner is micromanagement, you're also going to have a certain attitude. Um, I've always liked having different projects to work on, I've not really enjoyed having very long, like multi-year projects, because I kind of feel like you get bored, people want to get off and do something new. And, and so in some ways I kind of force projects to kind of get done, <laughs> It's probably the wrong way to do it, but uh, that's kind of worked for me better because I always feel like you, you learn more the more projects you work on. And so I, I try and encourage them, everybody to do that. And, and even my customers and say, look, you know, we've done that, can we do something different now? Um, but-
1: something. Um something as of late that you've been suggesting to your customers based on recent trends? Have, uh, you, have you advised them to go on I don't know the new channel TikTok that like we're on TikTok? Um have you advised them to use Chat GPT in their in their algorithms or anything like that?
0: So the Chat GPT and all the AI stuff of course is a big discussion. Um well what what I tell people is it's really helpful to to use it. Because it will save you time, but you do need to edit it. You do need to focus on it. You can't just send the thing, get an answer, post it. It's not really going to be like that. Uh, so it helps. Uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of imagination that's missing. People just don't know. I've had people who just you know say, well, we need to do this, you know, but why? Like you know what do you think about the way? We don't know. We just know we need to do this, right? So it's almost like the creativity side and sometimes is is missing from people. And that's not really gonna come from any of these tools. You know, if you have some ideas, yeah, you can get stuff, but it's the ideas that seem to be lacking from people. Even simple things like naming, you know, coming up with a new name for a internal item or a product or something. People are really just not doing really well with that. They're having a hard time and, you know, there are sites where you can go and put in stuff comes up with names but it's not the same as someone who's (laughs) thinking about it and giving a really good direction uh so you know i still believe that the creativity is there for people you just kind of need to pull it out of them sometimes
1: you feel like the chat gbt is like a factor that's reducing people's creativity
0: no actually i like chat gpt um i, I use it to give me a, a, like outline material and, and sometimes thoughts that um i actually use it kind of interesting because i always say i want something in a in a humorous vein or i want it in the sound of this writer or this movie like i want something that has like some kind of life to it that's not always there just when you write it and then from that i then take it and edit it according to stuff that I want it to be or do. And uh, so I'm kind of in favor of all those things, you know, I'm not one of those people who's against it, you know, but if you're talking like the CI stuff, a lot of the the chat GPT stuff is three years old now, two years old, three years old. So it's not up to date. So using it for CI is not gonna help you too much um, for real data. You know, if you're talking about, I need to write this or I need to compare X to Y, it'll probably be okay, but it's not gonna be up to date uh and that's that's kind of what's important you want stuff to be up to date you want the info to be there um you know and i've actually told a few customers you know they need to think about their business and the aspects of their business that they need to not let go of but recognize that there are ways for it to get done without too much effort without too many people bothering so that their teams can go off to be more productive in different ways but it's very hard uh, when you're dealing with companies and, and they're of a certain size. They move like sloths, you know, it's like a year to them is like, you know, a month like they'll be like, oh, we'll do that next month, but it turns into a year right?
1: you're Talking <laughs> so about totally- companies like Lowe's and-
0: well, was is actually pretty good because don't forget, you know, those kind of companies have to have new stuff every month, every season. There's always holidays. There's all kinds of things going. They're constantly in motion, right? But when you talk about let's, I don't, don't want give any specific example, but let's say you know a specific company who sells only one SaaS solution, whatever it is, right? Let's say fintech stuff. You know, just for sake of a area, right? What are they doing that's that's really changing them? Right? Because they have their primary and they're, they should be trying to find what is their secondary, tertiary type apps out of that. But instead, what a lot of people do is they just keep adding things into it because they feel they're missing or they have to do stuff. But the truth is, that's not really what's going to keep people there all the time. And if you don't have a second or third thing down the line, how do you know what that future is for you? You know, because like I always tell people, I said, look, the banks were really behind the internet, really behind on mobile, really behind on a lot of stuff, right? But when they finally get it and they're ready, they're there and they're, they're big time. So if you're one of those startups and you're in that FinTech space, you really have to be careful what you're doing because those big guys really will just show up and, and take over that space. And then what are you gonna do? You know, in some cases you can survive, but in a lot of cases you're kind of going to see your world disappear. So it, it is looking holistically.
1: I think that, I like that you're this up because you were talking to me earlier about your competitive intelligence, and I would like you to share really quickly, uh, maybe like what you do with competitive intelligence, maybe a personal like anecdote from like, or uh, a memorable experience you've had with the client.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, okay, so one time one time i I went to a bank um, the bank was in a merger. uh I think it was uh we were going to the bank who was merging with the small one or buying the small one, and we went to a room and the table had I don't know twenty or thirty people around the table, and we were trying to save our app basically, you know, they basically called us in. They said, okay, you know, we're doing merger. Why should we keep you kind of thing, right? And I said, well, um," I said, honestly, I said, you're the one buying the smaller one. Why wouldn't you keep with what you have, right? And they said, well, you know, we're taking the time to look at other things, right? And I said, okay. I said, so you're looking at at these guys, you're looking at those guys, right? They said, yeah, I said, okay. And I said, that's fair. I said, but, you know when when you want to do something and you're ready to do these mergers what was the first system you went to and they said yours and i said so why would you want to get rid of the system that obviously is what's important to you you know and, uh, and um, you know half the table was like blah 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 and half the table was like yes yes okay fine right you know and so then i would go down the people who were complaining and i would like go to them i said okay you know you don't agree that 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 was what you wanted to do, where did you want to go? Now, something you should know, executives one-on-one will lie to your face. If you go to them and say, "Why why are you going with us or not going with us? They'll lie to your face every time, right? I'm sure there are nice people who don't, but mostly they'll lie to you. But if you do that in front of their peers or their staff, they can't lie they have to kind of say something that's real. So if you call them on things, now they're basically sitting there and they have to either come up with something really good (laughs) and I know they can't do that, or they're gonna come up with something that basically attacks you, right? And which is kind of what happened. I went down the line, there were a few people, a couple of, the first one who attacked me, none of them attacked me afterwards, but the first one attacks me and he starts rambling on about all the stuff that's wrong and all these things. And I said, you, first of all, I said, you know, you haven't told us any of these we didn't know you were bothered by these things. I said, but I said, you realize most of those are not really issues. Those are just configuration things that you've chosen. Whoa. You know, you could do these things. You just didn't know you could kind of thing. Um, you know, so you, you kind of learn to adapt a certain um method of working with people and kind of calling their game and their bluff because when you're going in you have nothing to lose because basically they're either going to kill you entirely or they're going to stay with you and you know when you walk in that room what the attitude is so you kind of know what you're going to do and i'm happy to always have that discussion up front with people because i'm like i want to know why don't you like us or what did we do wrong or whatever it might be because i'm trying to learn for next time or what our product might need or whatever it might be. You know, I, I mean, you know, in this case, we we worked it all out and uh, it was a pretty good deal. Um,
1: <laughs> I like I like I, that strategy a lot. I like it a lot and I wanna use it. It's really good.
0: You have to be careful because there's a lot of people who who are very like, you know, slamming the competition or they're very like, you know, putting people down and you don't wanna do that because, you know, they're customers and you're gonna have to go back to them again to sell something else tomorrow. So you want to, you want to take the issues and you want to address the issues as best you can um also just something for people to think about if you ask the customer give me three reasons why you don't want to use us they're going to be really hard pressed to reach beyond two <laughs> mm. and uh whatever their last thing is is the one that really bothers them so
1: is the one or is it
0: it is, because usually they don't want to tell you what's really bothering them. So you just kind of push them more and go, really, you only have two things wrong? I find that hard to believe that for that, for two things, you don't want to continue with us. And eventually if you nag them enough, they will come back and they'll say, yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm annoyed or, or you know, something happened and, you know, nine times out of 10 executives are just like everybody else. They just want to be loved. They just want executives to come to them and say hi. They want to hear from salespeople. And they feel they're not getting love and that they don't want to work with you anymore. So it's, uh, you learn a lot when you go out there and, and have those conversations with people. Um, but, you know, look, no one's 100%. You can go out there. I could have struck out, you know, the guy could have got pissed off of me. And that would have been the end of that. It happens, you know.
1: What was a, um, through your experience with your company, what was the, maybe the biggest gap that you had um, that you had to fill? Like, for example, like, you're talking to these clients and they have all these the, the three issues like what's something that was that that you had in that you a service that you decided to to offer because of um complaints
0: um i wouldn't say a complaints but like uh for instance we we didn't really we don't really get into the graphical side i never really had graphical people on staff um you know i know people and we we part stuff out all the time and things like that but occasionally you get people who, who just, you know, they don't like your artwork. And I'm like, well, you know, (laughs) we don't really have people because a lot of times we're not dealing with that aspects. We're, we're dealing with the real GTM strategy. So it's more, you know, process and, and how do we want it to look? And then we want to give it over to the animators or graphical people later and say, here's what we want. Here's what we've decided, you know, so it's, it's a little different now i've had people who who you know said that i said the problem is i said i can hire graphic people they can be employees but it wasn't really the space that we wanted to be um kind of like i don't want to w- write people's websites i have friends i know that i give to and i say here you know they want a website build it for it right i don't want to get involved in that stuff because that's tinker toys it's transactional it's not value Ugh. right you know, even the graphic work is some value, but it's, it's still transactional. It's
1: you know, like, like more of a product than a, it's not really get, getting them skills.
0: Right. Look at the, the graphical AI thing, you know, you type in, I want a I uh, I want a, a football in a city with a bunch of people and, you know, guacamole, you know, poof, you got a picture, right. I don't have to go to graphical. a graphic person. Right. You know, like. So I kind of feel like that's the stuff I try and get away from best I can. Um, and so I try not to do that, but I've had people who, you know, they're like, well, we really need someone who is very graphic, very creative. Right. And I said, creative, we got graphic is a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, but you have to kind of know what you're good at and why, and mostly stick to it. I mean, look, if all my customers came to me and said, we need this, like, Sure, we would eventually figure out how to make that work, but because our customers understand where we're coming from and our customers have graphic people they don't need us to do it. You know i'm not trying to reinvent their logo and stuff like that, like we want them to use their own people we just want to advise them and help them over the hump that's causing whatever their problem is at the moment.
1: So you look at their business as a whole, and if they don't need any help with like. I don't know, if they don't need any help with social media, you're not, you're not gonna get into that. You're gonna find different right. things to advise them on.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes we do, uh, I guess, an audit or review, whatever you'd like to call it, where we basically say to them, here's what the outside world sees you as, right? And we do a basic review of their website, their social media, their blogs, or uh, and some other stuff out there. And we do them about a 20, 24 point report and from that we then basically match up with what they think they have versus what we have and we figure out where the issues are of what they thought they were doing versus what we found and then that's how we figure out what we're going to fix and work with them so uh you know and everyone has their different ways to do that kind of thing uh, but I got that out of the technical world because that's what you do you go into a site and then people say we have a problem okay well what's the problem we're like we don't know but it's not working so you know like okay give me give me a few hours let me you know give me a few days when we go through the system we'll find out what's happening so i took that mentality over to the marketing world because it's the same thing i'm still trying to troubleshoot the problem you've got you don't know what the problem is and it's your world so if you don't know what it is then you know how is an outside person supposed to figure it out and a lot of people don't care they're just like oh you should do this you should do that it's like No, you don't have to redo the world. We just need to fix a few things. And we probably will end up doing some A-B testing along the way to figure out, should this be blue? Should this be green? Should this be left? Should this be right? You know, and all that kind of fun stuff that, you know, nitty gritty people want to know, right? And of course, anything your executive says to you, you're probably just going to nod your head, go yes, and ignore across the board. Because they just want what they want, but they're not thinking about the real data behind that.
1: So what do, what do you of, find, what do you find yourself working on the most? Like, what is the bulk of your work? Like what, I guess, what, um, what do your clients typically need the most help with?
0: Process. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, um, their, their funnel, their process, how they, how they're doing things, how, how that entire thing gets from A to Z, you know, how did that customer get found? How do they move ahead? Um, because I will not say it's logic. I mean, it's logic, but it's also sometimes um, a treasure hunt. You know, you want to give people a reason why to look for more things, you know, dig deeper into you and come to you more, pull them in more and more and more until basically they're so in love with you, they have to buy and want to stay with you, right? But it, it's like, you know, I, I gave an example of someone yesterday and then someone complained because I said, you know, I said, pre-sales is like, walking down the street and smelling that fresh pizza out of the oven or, or um, walking by a Krispy Kreme and seeing the big red sign on saying fresh donuts, right? That's the pre-sales part. But what happens between there and when the person either comes in to buy or not is up to you and that company and that's where the business part comes from, right? It's like, so we, we put out the thing, but how, how do we get them in there? What, what is that next step to make them come to us? Uh, and that's kind of the, the fun part, which we try and work with them on.
1: I like that a lot. Um, it's a lot of very valuable information. Is there anything that you'd like to add before you go, before we go, um, maybe something that we can discuss that you wanted to get into?
0: Um, no, we do different things, you know, we're pretty open to stuff, but what we try and do is we try and work with people who really just you know, want want some logic, want to understand what their processes are, what's not working. They're probably 70, 80% there, but those little bits are what get in their way. Um, it's almost like a game of shoots and ladders, you know? Cause sometimes you do stuff and it's like, oh my God, we got all these people, you know? And then sometimes you do the same thing you think and we like, you get crickets. It's like, well, what happened, right? uh and and so that's kind of a fun side of it you know and i think that's kind of what permeates through most of stuff we do we try and look at it very differently from most people we're not trying to sell people on a specific uh, direction or a cookie cutter that we used elsewhere Uh, but we do want to focus and bring bring stuff to everybody and you know look it's uh all we can do is just try and do the best we can with the people out there. And we work with people small and large, doesn't really matter. But- I like uh, what you
1: said earlier about um, you're in this business because you wanna sort of offer people skills and not not this transactional type of graphic um, work. You offer a lot yeah. of value today. Um, first we talked about podcasting because I wanted some advice selfishly um on podcasting and we offered a lot of advice and then um we got into the business side of things and I'm sure if someone re-watched this two three times they they can probably go out there and start their own business and be successful um I don't know I
0: don't know about that but I would definitely <laughs> tell people who who are creative enough to that they could they could always get out there and do business
1: yeah
0: because the creativity is something that uh you, you just can't get you, ha- you really have, and and from that you can do a lot, but without the creativity, you know, you just you just see a blank screen, you know, kind of like writers. You know, the hardest thing is just to start writing, right? So creativity is the same thing. There are people who sit there and they're like, I have no idea, no idea, no idea, no idea. But there are other people like us who just sit there and go, oh, I got tons of ideas, you know, um, you know, like, I'm in a Slack channel and that comes up all the time. People are like, you know, uh, we need to name this or or we're trying to come up with a better way to phrase something, you know? And I'm always throwing out ideas at people and some of them are hilariously not available for work. But, you know, I'm like, just use them as a starting board, you know, because go back to your team and say, look, here's stuff people gave us. And maybe some of them work, some of them don't, but it seems a lot of people don't even have that creativity in their teams, which is really sad, and you know something I hate to see because I think people generally hire good people, but I think sometimes we get so stuck into I need you to do this, this, and this. they forget the creative side of life that's really important.
1: get caught up in the business and forget about the creative that really is yeah. a part that speaks to the customer totally. what's a i I guess before we go since we got into it, what's like an advice you'd give a piece of advice you'd give to, um, uh, someone starting out as an entrepreneur. (laughs) Uh,
0: Don't let money get in your way. Um, but you do need to find a customer before you figure out how to buy an office or do anything else. You need, you you know, you need business. You gotta, you gotta have an angle and, uh, try a lot of things, you know, do a lot of things. You know, it's, it's, there's always someone who's like, oh, I have this great idea for stuff. And, and people tell me I'm a mentor of one of the startup uh, incubators, and, and sometimes I hear stuff and I just laugh and they said, what's so funny? I said, cause I tried that 25 years ago and it didn't work then. Maybe it'll work now, <laughs> you know, there are no bad ideas. There's just bad timing, um, you know, look at all the people who opened a hotel like the week before COVID hit, right? You know, or restaurants, right? Not a bad idea, just really bad timing that you had no idea this was gonna happen. So um, just try stuff, get out there and do things. That's the best thing I can tell you.
1: So no bad ideas, just bad timing and don't let money get in your way.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's always a way to get the money. Not if you need 100 million, that's a little pushy. But- you know, I, there's a, I'll tell you one fast story. I went to the bank. I won't say what bank, cause I'll get in trouble. I went to a bank once and I said, I need uh, 25, 30, 50 grand to expand the office. Right. I need to buy equipment. I need to get a bigger space. I said, I need some money cause we're, we need to do that. And, and I've projects coming in and, you know, hire people and literally the bank told me we don't work with that small of, of an amount of money. I said, okay, I need 5 million. <laughs> and the guy looked at me for a second. He was like, what do you need 5 million for? And I said, well, I need to buy a bigger building. I need to hire 35 people. And I, I gave him this whole thing. He's like, well, how would you get from that to that? I said, I didn't, you did. I'm working with you. You just yeah. said you needed, I need more money. So here, that's what I want. He's like, well, we can't do that. Right, and he's like, well, we can't do that. I'm like, why? He's like, because you just made that up. I'm like, so did you. You could give me the money I need. You're just choosing not to. Interesting. CI it works everywhere.
1: Right? Was it was it so, uh, Sorry, I didn't hear the beginning. Was it a lender that you were talking uh, to? No,
0: it's just a regular bank. You would know the name if I said it, but I'm not going to say it because I'll just get in trouble. <laughs> it's not somebody I worked for, so.
1: <laughs> a lot of a lot of like little anecdotes. I'm really enjoying. Um, you definitely have some experience in the business. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, what is the best place for someone to reach you? Um, and is there any offers maybe that your business is offering right now that they could take advantage of? Uh,
0: so the best way to reach me, I'm on a lot of different social media channels, um, either as myself or from the company. Uh, my old moniker was Lotus Evangelist from my technical days, which a lot of people still find me from. But the company is B2B Whisperer, where across the board, our social media stuff has been reinvigorated. So that's going to start kicking off in April again. Uh, but you can go to our website, there's ways to contact me. We've got uh, classes available, sessions for executives, podcasters. People work from home, teams who need to understand better how to manage that, we offer that as well. We do a lot of different things. Uh, We're worldwide. We have people in, in, uh, well, I won't say across Europe, but we have people in England, we have people in the US, obviously. I'm overseas. Uh, In the rare cases, I even have people over in Asia I can get when I need them. So it's not an issue of where you are. We do uh, do the best we can for everybody. we keep really funny hours, so don't worry about it. Just send us a message. We're always, someone's always around.
1: Thank you, Keith. Um, B2B is international and they are 24 7 as well. Thank you so much again for being on the show. Really appreciate your time.
0: Thank you. I appreciate being here and hope you have a great day.